Hey friends, welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. So happy to be here with y'all today. The music in the background is from our good buddy, Mr. Torn Wells. His new album is called Citizen of Heaven. Make sure you grab a copy. As many of you know, there was a tornado that passed through Nashville last week. Thank you so much for all the ways you've reached out to help and to pray and to um, be a part of helping our city rebuild. And you can just keep up with my social media on ways you can particularly help Crosspoint and through Crosspoint. But I just wanted to say thanks because I really appreciate it. Today on the show is a friend that I just absolutely love and adore. Her name is Sissy Goff. She is a well-known, highly respected counselor for children here in Nashville. And she has a new book called Raising Worry-Free Girls and a guide for children called Braver, Stronger, Smarter, A Girl's Guide to Overcoming Worry and Anxiety. And I just felt like this was a good time to have her on the show. There's so many of you guys who are raising kids, who are grandparents, or who are like me, where you don't have any kids yet, but you got a lot of mini BFFs. And this conversation is so, so helpful in helping them maneuver the life they are living right now. I love one of the things she said that you'll hear say is it's harder than ever to parent kids, but it's harder than ever to be a kid. And so we get to step in and help ease the kids' lives in our life. So here is my conversation with my good friend, you're going to love her, Sissy Goff. Y'all have a podcast? Yeah. What's it called? Raising Boys and Girls. Oh, brilliant. You know, creative. Yeah, well, that's very helpful. <laughs> it is. Uh, who is it? Who's on it with you? Me, David Thomas, mm-hmm. and Melissa Trevathan, who started Daystar. Okay. And so mm-hmm. how often do y'all release a show? We have two uh, two seasons so far, and we, you know, I mean, we're, we're all counseling like four days a week. Yeah. And so, and then travel and speak on weekends quite a bit. And so we like take a weekend and do a whole season. Oh my gosh. And then release it the same day. So, um, so we have two seasons so far. You release the whole season in a day? Like here's season one, here's season two. Sarah Bragg. Yes. Oh my gosh. I love Sarah Bragg. Okay. She is the host. Okay. And we didn't know how to do a podcast and she came to us and said, we should do a podcast and I'll host y'all. And so that's her idea. And so we just kind of do whatever she says. Okay. So sure. It all drops at the same time. What do y'all talk about? Parenting. We've done yeah. it based on different content. Like our first yeah. one was for uh, our Are My Kids on Track book. And then the second season was on just raising boys and girls in different stages mm-hmm. developmentally mm-hmm. and who they are and what they need kind of thing. Why is it harder to be a parent now? Are we already officially on? Yeah, girl. Oh, God. This is us. <laughs> we're going. I was just thinking we were talking. Record. That's no, good. No. You're fast. <laughs> um, I get, okay, you know, I get in trouble for this a lot where I'm like, I hit record. That's I'm sorry. So but then we're also just being friends because we're that's friends. That's right. I love that. Sorry. No, yes, that's we good. We are going, Sissy Goff. Okay, good. Good, good, good. I'm glad. Oh, also, um, will you clear up? Are you related to Bob Goff? I know everybody's already that, wondering. Okay, the funny thing is my dad's name is Bob Goff. My uh-huh. grandfather was Bob Goff. Oh, my but gosh. Totally different guys. Yeah. Okay, good Good for everyone to know. Yes. Okay, tell me why parenting is so hard in 2020. It is. It is so hard. It's so much harder than ever before. But I would why? also say it's harder to be a kid than ever before. But if we back up to parents. So I think if you, I mean, if we only took technology, when we do parenting seminars and we say, you know, what are the, the things that make you most panicky today? That's always the first. Yeah. And so if we just isolated that, I think that's enough to send parents over the 
moon. That's uh, not that's the right to phrase, say me but over yeah, the everything. Over the everything. Yeah, yes. totally. So that's a piece of it. But I think there's just pressure that kids feel today. I just did. I had a group of high school girls last night. And, I bet um, some of my friends are in it. I, I bet know they you are. Can't tell, but I bet some of my friends are <laughs> in there. They are. And we did, I had them all draw a pot, like a pressure cooker pot, and write all the things that they feel pressure about yeah. right now. And, you know, I think I grew up, I'm really old. I grew up in the 70s. But if I did a, something like that, I mean, maybe I would have had grades. Maybe I would have had like making the right choices. I don't know. Yeah. But I mean, they, I had one kid who had like 18 things and her pot was overflowing. And, and then she did, thorns coming out of the pot because mm. she said that's what like what it makes me it makes me so angry when I feel so much pressure and yeah. so I do think more than ever before kids are just feeling inundated with not only all the things they have to do right but who they have to be right that I mean I, yeah like when I, I'm thinking about when I was 15 what would have been on in my pressure cooker I'd have yeah. it have been boys and soccer in my body right right yes and that's about it yes not TikTok not no. Instagram <laughs> But I do have to say, Adam, flip it over because I just feel like we can't talk about healthy coping skills enough with kids today. And I had them write 10 things that help relieve their pot. And yeah. every one of them had TikTok on that it. helps relieve like, their pot. Come oh. on. Yes. Sissy, okay. Oh, gosh, I just have so many questions. I'm an, you know, I'm a non-parent currently. Yes. I'm a pre-parent. Pre-parent. But Ooh, I love that phrase. I have a lot of mini BFFs. Yes. And my oldest one is 13. And so okay. we're walking into a new season, Teenage even years. with my friends' kids. Yeah. But and then my youngest are fresh, fresh out. So I go thirteen to brand new babies. But what a gift to be your mini BFF! Oh, what a gift That's to awesome. me! I'm the winner here. Gosh, oh. I'm the winner here. So I'm not a parent, but I will tell you that it like things like TikTok. Do all of us need to be yeah. on it? Do all the parents need to be on it? Do they need I, to be yeah. everywhere that their kids? They are? need to be everywhere their kids okay. are. Okay. Yes, and they need to have their in the beginning. They need to have their kids' passwords and be checking their accounts because yes. there's so many things like DMs and all that that can get them into trouble. And so, yeah. And and even, I mean, we had, there is one game that a year ago I was hearing more elementary age kids talk about than any other game. It's called Five Nights at Freddy's. Never heard of it. Well, Shocking no yeah. one. Right? Well, <laughs> I hear about them because I sit with kids all day, every yeah. day. And, and then I go do research so I can talk about it. That's right. With parents informatively. And so... It's so like then you these, download it and start playing Five Nights with Freddy. No, I didn't because I got online and started looking at the pictures. And the premise behind it is it's like you're the night watchman at a Chuck E. Cheese type of pizza place. And the animatronics, you know, those creepy things. Yeah. They are allowed to wander at night. And so just on their website, there's pictures of Freddy, who's a bear, and then Nightmare Freddy, who's really creepy. Yeah. And then this ducky character in Nightmare Ducky. And Anyway, you do the backstory and... These animatronics were working down at some wharf in some town, and five children got murdered and disappeared. <gasps> and then the animatronics got sent to Chuck E. Cheese. It's not Chuck E. Cheese, but and and basically they killed and put these children in their bodies. And okay. there's blood and mucus coming out. We had three children at the same time at Daystar with anxiety just about Five Nights at Freddy's. Yes, and parents didn't know, and kids were hearing about it on school buses. Yes, and so you know there are all these things I you learned can a do, lot like on a school bus. Yes, yeah. yes, and we didn't even have Five Nights at Freddy's. No. <laughs> no, I have a friend who's a bus driver at my in my hometown, and I always think, man, what a gift that they have oh. like a godly woman driving their bus yes. because I heard Praying the weirdest stuff. Yeah, yes. on the bus. Yes. So, yeah, so parents so need to know parents all Parents need that. to download. And, you know, they can have their account linked to their, chi- their child's account through theirs so they know what the child's downloading. Uh-huh. All of that, I think, is so important. And then you check less and less as they yeah. get older and prove themselves responsible. But. Yeah. 
Do you say that to people like as they're getting older, you don't have to be, you've got to let them be independent? Yes, absolutely. In all things. You know, their bedtime needs to be 30 minutes later every year. All the things. We want to give them more trust. So when they move out, it's not that like, woo, I'm free. You know, but they've learned to be responsible and increasing freedoms. Yeah. My parents were great. I don't talk about my family very much just because they didn't sign up for this, but (laughs) I signed up for this life. They all didn't, but we weren't allowed to watch MTV at home when I got to college. I mean, it was that, it was that like, they were right. I shouldn't have, they were right. Yes. But yes. It, it, that was the one area that as a grown up now, I go like, oh, that's what it feels like right. to suddenly have all the access. Oh, I taught a parenting seminar on technology once and um, man, I, the whole, I hate teaching parenting seminars on technology because parents look like I'm saying their worst nightmares out loud the whole time. <laughs> and this man in the back of the room looks so mad at me, honestly. And he, for Q&A, he got the mic, which I should have known I was in trouble. But he basically shouted that technology is not a child's God-given right. And then said, on my son's drive to his high school graduation is the first time we let him get on the internet on his phone and send a photo on his phone. And then he screamed, if your child's on the internet, go home and shut it down. And he thought we didn't hear him. So he screamed it three more times. All I knew to do was say, let me pray for us and send him out. I was like, how do I wrap this up now? But my immediate thought was that kid had no freedom in May. Yeah. And then in August had the whole internet. Yeah. Gosh, I can't imagine. Yeah, how do you, because there's got to be parents who are listening who their best decision and the thing they thought was best for their kids was we won't give them access. We're going to lock it down. Right. Yeah, because they thought, I just want to keep, I can hear that of like, I just want to keep it as simple and as pure as long as I can. Yes. How, when should you start? I mean, a three-year-old doesn't need an iPad in no, their bed. No, 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 absolutely. But if your three-year-old has an iPad in their bed, I mean, well, we're not here to judge a parent. Yes, no. Sissy can, on plane, <laughs> On planes, all those things, three-year-olds might need iPads. Yes, yes. But, you know, my rule of thumb with parents is you don't want your child to be the first to get to have everything because then they're going to be, you know, cutting edge, and you don't want your kids to be cutting edge on all things growing up. That okay. just gets scarier and scarier okay. as they grow. But if they're the last on everything, they're the kids who are going to end up sneaking it. And so... I tell parents a lot, be the next to last. Like, okay. Find a group of like-minded parents, and that way you can be conservative, but you also have automatic backup when they say, everyone else has a, which every child says. Sure. Then you can say, well, no, actually, yeah. I talked to Ms. Smith yesterday and yeah. Mr. Thomas the day before, and they don't have it either. How do you find like-minded parents? How do you do that? Church, hopefully, is okay. a great place to do it. Your school. I think just, I mean... As kids get older today, I think you end up having to have a lot of conversations when your child goes to sleep over at somebody else's house. And as silly as you feel to call and say, tell me what your rules are around technology. And I think the more you do those kind of things, the more you have parents that resonate with that with yeah. you and you say, oh, yeah, me Yeah, if too, a parent I'm laughs when that. you ask right. that, you go like, yeah, my kid's not spending the night and <laughs> your kid can come here. My kid's not coming exactly. there. Exactly, yeah. exactly. How do you build a home that parents want to send their kids to? Ooh, that parents want to send their kids to, that other parents do. I, I, probably those kind of things, being really upfront about, I mean, I think that's one of the biggest hurdles that I hear from parents daily is, you know, all the kids come over and I don't know what to do because I don't want them to have their phones because these kids, young kids go to birthday parties and they are either on TikTok or they're just sitting on their phones. And I think it's, as kids start to get phones, I think it's almost a power play. Like I have a phone and you don't, so I'm going right. to show you that I can sit on mine the whole right. time. And then the older they get, they're making TikTok videos and they're doing all these things. And so I think for a parent to say when an initial greeting happens about a sleepover to say, 
okay, look, just so you know, these are kind of where we are. We're old school. I mean, I think you can always be self-effacing and silly mm-hmm. about it, but but this is how we do things. And so I feel like parents that are doing that and and parents, especially of older kids, too, who know other parents are around and yeah. at least coming through the room, I just... I hear more and more stories of parents of teenagers who are letting all the kids come over and have alcohol. Oh, okay. At their homes. Yeah. Oh. So I think communicating well with other parents is really important. Yeah. And just saying, here's where we stand. Yes. Yes. Yeah. And And their parents come here, they're going to get this. They're not going to get this. Yeah. Yes. Because my remembrance of high school is that those there are parents who thought the best thing they can do for their kids is offer a safe environment for what the kids were going to do anyway. Right. Yes. So, but that's probably not always the best thing to do. Yeah. Um, well, I, no, I don't think it's the best okay. thing to do. Like, and I think you really can get in trouble legally. It, oh, to be sure. You know? It is actually so, literally yes. illegal for children to drink alcohol. Yes, so, absolutely. Yeah, you yes. can go to jail And for you that. can get something for distributing to a minor yeah. if it's in your yeah. home. And and I, I just think that's condoning it to kids. I mean, I understand the mentality behind it. Don't want to judge either. But I do think it's communicating to them that it's okay. I just think very rarely parents, humans, are doing things because they want to be terrible people. There right, are people who do right. that, They're but very rarely a, a parent that has, that a three-year-old has an iPad in their room is doing it because they hope to raise a bad person. <laughs> right. They're doing it because that's what they think is the very best thing for their kid. And that's why we need you, sissy, because <laughs> you've got to help us know what's actually very best for kids. Well, and not to, thank you, that's very kind, but not to segue into anxiety, but but I think that's so much of what we're seeing happen with parents today is... Not only are they doing their very best, but they're overcompensating for what they wish they'd gotten from their parents. Mm. And so some more of the than trends, twenty years ago, more, more than, than our parents were ago. doing to, yes. to us. Yes, interesting. And maybe maybe we've swung both ways. Maybe our parents felt like their parents were helicoptering or something. Who knows? And so our I'm so much older than you are, Annie. No, but, you aren't. I don't uh, think yes, I so. I think I am. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but um, you know, I think maybe our parents were a little more. Or my parents were a little more hands-off because maybe their parents were hands-on. And now a lot of parents today, I think, feel like their parents weren't attuned to them, didn't understand what was going on emotionally. And so... Well, I don't know that any generation has cared about emotions like we care. No, absolutely not. I mean, 100 years ago, how would you have time you had to farm? (laughs) Like, I'm sorry that you're sad. Also, the cows have to get milk today. So right. let's talk about it over the udders or something, right? Like, it just didn't, it didn't feel like we have too much time. Right. Yes, we have too much time. And there's... It's a privileged stance, too, because I don't know that every family, and even in America, is getting to talk about emotions because so many of them are having to figure out how they're going to feed their kids. Right. And it's both things. I mean, I think there's this great benefit to it where we're raising kids that are aware of their feelings and they're learning how to talk about them. And I think they're going to have better marriages and better friendships and do a lot better as grownups. But these kids who don't have frontal lobes developed and are so rich in emotional language and their parents are talking about it so much, we're seeing two things. We're seeing a rise in genuinely the rates of anxiety for sure, depression, kids that are talking about I mean, anxiety wasn't a word we talked about when I was a teenager. And now- Everybody talks about it. Yes. And kids are coming in to meet with me. Is it demonic? 
Really? Yeah. Is it demonic? That's a great question. I think there's a part of it that probably is. He said, yes. really? <laughs> Annie, are you seriously talking about spiritual well, warfare? <laughs> no, that's because I, I had a conversation. I did a parent consult. So we meet with parents who come in and their kids aren't necessarily in counseling, but we also do them by phone. And I did a parent consult yesterday with a woman in Canada. And she said, which is not what you're saying, but she said, I just, I wanted to talk to you on the phone, which sounds silly that she had to reach out to Nashville, but she said, I just can't find people who are talking about kids in a way where they're talking about healthy emotions and faith. And yeah. everyone's saying, pray it away. That's and it. I thought that's where you were going with it. But Girl, no. absolutely, there is an element of, I mean, I talk in the girls' books about the worry monster mm-hmm. and how naming it that with kids, he comes and says, you know, you can't do this. You're not okay. All these different messages, which we would say as adults. Yes. That's Satan's voice. Yeah. But to say that to a child could spin them off into more anxiety. <laughs> yeah, so. that's a whole nother level. <laughs> Let me say the titles of your books. Okay. Braver, Stronger, Smarter is like the student guide. Like It's, it's for like elementary the, age kids because yeah. that's the average age of onset. It was eight. It's now dropped to six. Gross. And parents are seeing symptoms as young as four and five. Yeah. And oh, I, I know what I was going to say. We're okay. seeing kids who there's this rise in the genuine rates of all these things that is scary. And we're seeing kids who have these really big emotions, and unless they use the word from the DSM, which is the diagnostic manual we would use to diagnose kids, although we don't at Daystar where I work, but if they're using those words, because nobody's going to pay attention to them unless they use these big words. Like if I don't say I have anxiety or I'm having panic attacks, or now I have kids who I really think memorize the DSM and come in and they'll say, I have PTSD, and they'll go down the list of what it is. And they can just Google it. They can Google it and describe it. And so no one's going to think this is legitimate unless I have a diagnosis. And now it's also becoming unless I'm on medication, which then for the kids who are genuinely struggling, it takes away some of the impact of, of what they're really going through. It just it's becoming cloudier. So both things are on the rise, which are concerning for parents in a lot of ways, which is why we want to kind of swing the opposite of really attuning Parents attuning to kids, but not overcompensating for what right, they, so like they didn't get. S- some mom is listening on her treadmill right now. Yes, and, and I've made her panic. No, she's no, having no, panic attacks. No, she's already, her daughter or son is already saying, I am struggling. I, I feel like I have anxiety. Yeah. And the first inclination, maybe, again, never been a parent yet. Mm-hmm. The first inclination is like, you'll be fine. Like, right. you're just stressed. Yes. You're yes. tired. You're not eating. And like, your soccer match phase. went long. Yes. Right. All kids how, go through this. Right. How do you know when you need to call a sissy golf? How do you know with your kid when they're just having an off day? I mean, maybe in this parents are like, uh, Annie, we know we live with them, but like they're <laughs> no. I mean, so kids you know? typically go two years before they ever get help for anxiety because of exactly what you've described. It feels like a phase and that's what it does. So I tell parents all the time, it's like whack-a-mole. And so for younger kids, it's likely going to manifest as separation anxiety. So they're terrified to be away from you. They don't know how to work through that. And then it gets better. And then all of a sudden, they are a child who doesn't throw up very often. And this is literally, I hear kids who have a fear, a looping fear about throwing up daily. And then they throw up once, and then they can't stop thinking about every time their tummy even flutters. I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up, I'm going to throw up. I can't go to sleepovers anymore because I'm, I'm going to throw up. I can't even sit near other kids in school because the flu's everywhere. I'm going to throw up. And then that goes down, and then it pops up as something else. And so right about the time I think parents think, maybe we need to go see somebody, it gets better. So... That really is a thing where they don't go in. So when they would need to take somebody in, I wrote these books 
so that parents have a first line of defense That's before right. me. That's right. Was really the intention. And and there's really practical strategies of kind of the first six sessions of what I would do with a child in my office. And it's raising worry free girls, but if yeah. David Thomas, who's the boy version of me yeah. at Daystar. If he were here, he would say all the practical things are true for boys too. Yeah. And so it's kind of the first three things. So whether we we're raising boys or girls, we can read Raising, raising Worry Free girls, girls, which is okay. the parenting book. Yeah. And so it's the first few things. And what I say to parents often, and I'll do a parent consult and say, try these things for a couple of months. If you don't see any progress, that's when you take them to see it. Okay. okay. And then if the counselor doesn't see progress in a few months, that's when you talk about the potential of medication because there are kids who need it today. Sissy, people ask me all the time because I talk about that I go to counseling regularly. People ask me all the time. Well, thank you. You Mm -hmm. know somebody's got to help. You know somebody's got to keep me between the lines. We just need other voices. Well, here's the thing. I mean, I was thinking about this a minute ago. People, authors, people who want to write books ask me all the time if they need an agent. Mm -hmm. And I say, yes, you do. Because an agent knows what six other authors got offered last week. And you don't. Yes. And... When you when you need those parents around you, you know what everybody else is doing. You're not having to make an independent decision. Right. And the same is true for me with therapy is my counselor sees a lot of my friends. Actually, she sees a lot of people. And so when she's looking into my life, she can pull from, well, actually, four other women, you know, are feeling this, too. Yeah. And so I think that's why we need agency like yes. that. And to be able to say, and and I think especially with kids, yeah. because developmentally they think I'm the only one who's ever felt this way. Yes. Something's wrong with me. And so that's why I call the little girls book Braver, Stronger, Smarter, because to sit with a kid who just has this anxiety in their head and say, it's really, I see this all the time. It's really normal for girls yeah. your age. And it's because you're really smart yeah. and you try really hard and things matter to you. It's like they get these little smiles on their faces yeah. like, I'm okay. And it's, yeah. it's really because of great ways God made me, which is absolutely true. Right. And for parents too, if parents are anxious, it's because they're right. trying hard and conscientious and trying to get everything right. And it's just that the volume's up too high and they can't yes. figure out how to turn So how do we find a good counselor? For ourselves or for our kids? Oh, I wish I knew the answer to that. Sissy, I, I mean, you're the pro. You've got to know the answer. <laughs> <I'm> not, <laughs> I would say call your church. Okay. Call your school are great options. Call your pediatrician. Because, I mean, so for example, if someone calls Daystar and is looking for like a psychiatrist or someone like that, we only refer to people that we've had families see. Yeah. And so if you call those types of folks or organizations, they're going to have vetted the people already. Yeah. And then if you're taking your child, I would absolutely say go see the counselor first. By yourself. And yes. And oh, get you a can feel do that. for their office. I think you oh, just I know that. say, so, I'm going to do yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. So me and my little son, Jimmy. Yes. Jimmy is, we've gone through your book. We've done the steps. But now I'm like, I should have some yes. backup. I should have an appointment first. Yes. Let me tell you about Jimmy. Absolutely. I, I, and then you see the environment. And I want to see your space. And I want to oh, hear how brilliant. you work with kids. And I just want to get a feel for you. Because if somebody doesn't feel, I hear so many stories of folks that take their kids to counseling. And it's a really clinical environment. And I don't, you've never been to Daystar. But no. we're in this super cute yellow house. with. Oh, I do know where it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And we've got five dogs on staff. And our office looks like living rooms. I mean, people come. Yeah. I had a girl recently say, this feels like my grandmother's house. But it just is so warm. And I think you want a place, if you can't find a place in your town, at least a person yeah. who feels really warm. And that you understand that your child would like them. Yeah. Okay. Because as adults, you know, we go to counseling knowing we're investing some money. And yes. so we're ready to get to work. And kids don't feel that way. They're ter- we're terrified, yeah. too. But they're really scared. And so that sense of warmth and connection is one of the most important things a counselor can offer kids. My parents did such a great job. And when I was younger going to counseling, I went to counseling as a third grader. 
And that's uh, awesome. Your parents and that great. Yes. I know. And like the eighties when like that wow. was not. I know they were very kind to me. Mm. But the reward after every appointment was a bottle of Yuhu and Cheetos. <laughs> and I knew if I went to see him. I got to go get a bottle you of Yoohoo and Cheetos. Down I need the- to tell parents that in <laughs> my office. Awesome. That's what great. a disgusting snack. But I like <laughs> But you love I it. Was you do so it. about it. And I can like still see the like it was an office building that had a snack place in the basement. I mean, it was not like in the car or at a restaurant. It was literally in the weird snack place. But That's I'm so great. grateful my parents took me then because then as an adult, when it was time when when I had a, I've written about it, so it's not surprising to anybody. When I kind of had a massive meltdown and flew away from Nashville on a plane, counseling was never scary to me because mm-hmm. I was like, oh, I've done this. Right. You who and Cheetos. Yes. I know what happens here. <laughs> you so, who and Cheetos. Yeah. yeah. Right. I tell parents that all the time. If nothing else, they're having a really positive experience with counseling. Yeah. And they know it's okay. And so it'll be easier to reach out. And we'll see kids for a period of time, say they have anxiety, we'll see them for a little bit at eight, and then we won't see them for three more years, and then they feel safe enough to say, hey, mom or dad, I want to go see Sissy. Do you say when they should stop, or does the parent say when they should? Do you go like, we get it, we did it, they have all the tools? We do often, or what we'll do is we'll taper off to every other week, and then once a month, and then quarterly, and we have a lot of parents who just say, okay, we're trying to get a team in place for raising our kids yeah. of people that we trust. You're on our team. Yeah. And so even when they're not in crisis, they're going to come in quarterly just to maintain relationship, which That's brilliant. I love. And so I just get to yeah. check in with the kids and hear how they're doing. And if your kid's in counseling, should you be in counseling? If you feel like the counselor's hinting around that maybe you should go. Okay. So. <laughs> I mean, or if there's, I mean. I'm always like, everybody should have I think a every, team. I think yeah. it's great. I would say particularly if. What's going on with your child is triggering you, mm. which happens so often. Oh, man, and, I know. You know, they hit their first mean girl. Yes. And it takes you right back to sixth yes. grade when you met your first mean girl yes. or your eighth mean girl in sixth grade, probably by the time you got there. Right. And it's and if you're having responses to their situations that are bigger than theirs. Yeah. Yeah. That's a great litmus test. That's to a say. great line. It's time to go. I have a friend who's raising girls, a bunch mm-hmm. of girls. And one of them is just like her sister. And it's triggered a ton of stuff yes. in her to be like, I didn't sign. I already did this I, one time. Right. I already right. lived with my sister one time. I yes. did not know. And, and, it, and it has led her back to counseling. The mom, not even, the, the, awesome. not even the daughter, the mom has been like, I'm seeing that I'm having feelings toward my child that have nothing to do with my yes. child. I had a mom say to me one time, she said, I never realized... How much my daughter was like my mother. And my mother was really hard for me. And she said, we were in the car and she was needling me over and over. And I said, mother, I mean, Molly. (laughs) (laughs) And she said, that's what I knew. I knew to get in counseling. That's what I knew. Yeah, the same thing. So for dads that are listening, what's their role in the? Because naturally, Mm. I, I think in most homes, the mom sees things like this first, probably, because in more traditional homes, yeah. the mom's home. Um, what's a dad's role in this? His his role is not just to write the check. Right, absolutely. What's the dad's role in helping with emotional health for his children? Well, so in writing those anxiety books, I read 23 books about anxiety, which is oh, too Lord, many for anyone make on you, I know, say. I was twitchy for a month. <laughs> I bet. Yeah, looping oh thoughts. I always call it the one loop roller coaster at the fair. That's yes. what happens to our head. Yes. And, yeah. Um, but in the research, one of the things that I read that I latched onto, because I think it's so true, is that in most homes, there's a an anxious parent and a non-anxious parent. Okay. And the non-anxious parent, who I think 
most of the time as the dad, okay, is often dismissed. Mm. And and I think it's because they're not around as much, they're not paying as much attention, they're not as dialed in, all these different things. When really that voice is so important because yeah. everything about anxiety, every person who works with kids with anxiety would say for a child to get through it, for an adult to work through it, we have to do the scary thing. Yeah. Period. And we're going to do that in a way that props them up for success and helps them feel safe and comfortable and all those things. But we have to do the scary thing. And so, whereas I also read the two most common strategies for parents with kids with anxiety are escape and avoidance. So I'm going to pull them out and rescue them. Yeah. And so that parent who can who blame them. Oh, gosh, absolutely. My child's them. in distress. Yes. I'm going to step in and fix it. We will it. move to a new city. We will get a new school. Right. Get a new school. I will. Yeah. I will right. do whatever it takes. Right. I would do the same, sissy. Yes. It makes so I much sense. I do that. Sense. I mean, for any of my mini BFFs, if, if a parent said, can you fix this? I'd be like, tell me the number. Yes. And I'll write the I'll check. I'll do it. I'll fix absolutely. it. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. That is yeah. not always helpful. Right. It's not always <laughs> helpful. And I came up with this little definition in the book of anxiety is an overestimation of the problem and an underestimation of themselves. Mm. And so when you rescue them, you're saying, yep. You were right. Oh, right. sissy. Yeah. Yes, yeah. of course. It's over, you can't do it. You can't you're do not it. Capable you are capable and, and that was too big. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But when we help them work through it gradually, we're saying, you can do this. You're yeah. capable. I believe in you, which I think... And I've been, I don't think we even said that at the beginning. I've been counseling girls for 27 years now, which really yeah. does mean I'm way older than yeah. you. And, and I have <laughs> never seen as many girls feel as little empowerment as I am seeing today. Which is actually insane because it's, the world tells you yes, we're that talking women about have it more, more than ever yes, before. Yes. And they feel less that they feel empowered. less capable and less empowered. Wow. I think it's I think it's that pressure. I think it's a piece of rescuing. So the world oh okay. So it's the world feels so much bigger and darker. Yes. Therefore and they, they feel don't less. feel capable. It is not what we're saying to them or da 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 because well, I, when I other would, than let me fix it for you. Yeah. Oh boy. Sissy, somebody, somewhere there it. is a parent that is hearing you. Well, they are hearing you. I, I went downstairs in Daystar. I told the story in the book, but it, it feels so like what we're talking about. But I was my office is in the upstairs of the Daystar uh-huh. house. And, and like I said, our office is so cute. And so kids, I know, are going to feel differently just walking down the in the door. And I had seen our... We have a program called Therabill that tells us who's coming next yeah. and that kind of thing. And I looked on my computer and I saw a little eight-year-old girl with anxiety. And so I walked down the stairs of our office and I saw her across the lobby and you're sitting here with Did me. Did you already have, know her? No. Okay. But I have this enormously big smile. And so <laughs> I smiled at her and she smiled back at me and I walked over to her and said, hey, I'm Sissy. I'm so excited you're at Daystar. I'm going to give you a tour of our office and then I'm going to take you upstairs and I have a really cute dog named Lucy. And I want you to come meet Lucy. And this little girl hopped up to follow me. And she started to walk away from her mom, and her mom grabbed her arm and said, do you feel comfortable with that? And her little face fell. And it was like she had never thought about not feeling comfortable with it until her mom stopped her. Yeah. And that's it. I mean, that's... You're you're not capable of doing this. Even this safe counseling place is not okay for you to walk around by yourself. Okay, so true or false, this sentence. Children are more anxious because we're more anxious. True. Okay. Sadly. I know. And it's re- it's parents who are trying hard. And you know, and, and Annie's who are trying. Hard. I mean, it's me yes, too. Me I, too. I were. I mean, I don't let when I'm with kids, they don't leave my direct line of vision ever. Yes. And everybody tells stories of when I was little, I got on my bike after school and didn't right. come home to rub the dirt in it. Yes, <laughs> yeah, all those right. things. Yeah. That's right. But to say you're okay, you're we're capable, s- you've our got kids this. are experiencing fear 
sometimes because we are afraid. Yes. One of the things I read, too, said that parents even use more catastrophic language who are anxious. Like, that sounds terrible or that's horrible without, again, ever intending to. Yeah. But it just bleeds over. Okay, so we've got to fix us is what's actually true. We've got to fix us. Is it if if my friend listening has a 13-year-old and a 15-year-old and the parent is very anxious, she's anxious, Mm -hmm. he's anxious, is it too late? No, not at all. Okay. I mean, even to say, hey, I heard my favorite podcast, and <laughs> Annie was talking about how anxiety travels like that, and yeah. I'm sorry, I haven't done a great job of helping you with this. I want you to know you've got this. You are more capable than I have communicated all these years. I believe it, yeah. but it's about me that I have mm. not helped you believe that. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to do something different. I'm going to start with me, and I'm going to start going to counseling. And and when you hear, I mean, that's part of why I talk about the worry monster in the book, and with little kids, that's what I call it, and, and help them. is there actually a toy? There is a, there's a worry, you, there's a zipper, and you put things you worry about okay. in it. It's a containment toy. Okay. That's what that's called, it's containment. But, yeah, there are a lot of different things that you can get that are worry monsters. I had squishy balls that are like worry monsters. Yeah. But helping them name it separates out that voice like we were talking about before, that demonic, really yeah. demonic voice. And having them name it is so helpful. But, like, I was seeing a girl, a nine-year-old, who was coming to see me for anxiety, and hers was more perfectionism, which is confusing because it's not like I'm so afraid of throwing up. It's just everything has to be right or I'm not yeah, okay. Yeah. And so she named her worry monster Bob. <laughs> no idea why. But her mom was awesome and would come in, and we would all three meet, and, and they developed this language. And and she would say to her daughter sometimes, oops, that was not me. That was Bob. I'm hearing his voice, too. And sometimes wow. she would even say to her mom, mom, I think Bob might be talking to you right now. <laughs> and so it was kind of like they were in it together, figuring yeah. it out. I yeah. just loved it. There's just got to be some permission for our my friends listening who are raising kids to not. It's no one's fault. It's not your fault you're anxious. No, and, it's genetic. Right. It's genetic. genetic. And we live in a more likely. scary world. To yeah. be fair, that's yes. me using traumatic, dramatic language. <laughs> but I'm not raising anybody, <laughs> so who cares? Y'all just deal with it. I'm not raising anybody You're right helping now. raise all these people that are right. listening to you. Oh, I hope so. I hope, I'm, yes, I hope we're helping, helping parents yes, be really good are. at what they do. But but it just makes me think that the there's a bigger job for us to care for ourselves so that we're better caring for our kids that we're raising. I love that sentence. Right? Yes. Okay. Yes. So how do we find a good counsel for our kids? Because Daystar does not have space for everybody. Y'all try, but there's a waiting list. <laughs> there is a and everybody list. doesn't live in Nashville. Yeah, right. So how do you find a Daystar that has nice couches and dogs in Milwaukee? I think that's where it goes back to, like, you go meet with the people first. Okay. Call your pediatrician. Call okay. the church. Call the school and then go vet them first yourself and see what it, the space feels like. And and sadly, there aren't more counselors who are creating spaces like that. But again, I think you can go back to just what they feel like. Yeah. I love, I mean, forever ago, you remember that Donald Miller book, Blue Like Jazz? Oh, I'm sure loved it. it. Love yes. that book. And in the, in the very beginning of the book, it says... Nobody will listen to you unless they sense that you like them. Mm. It's one of my favorite quotes of that's all times. Great. And yeah. I think that's a great parenting quote, especially yeah. as your kids get to teenagers. They still need to feel like you like them. Yeah. But I think as a counselor, that's what we talk about all the time at Daystar. Like more than anything, I want the kids that I see to feel like I really like them yeah. and I really believe in them and I'm yeah. cheering them on. You know, that's as important as my skill set, really. Hey friends, just interrupting this conversation with Sissy to tell you about some of our sponsors. 
We deserve to know what we're putting in our bodies and why. And that's why Rituals Founder is on a mission to reinvent the vitamin industry. You guys have heard me talk about it. You know how much I love taking Ritual vitamins. And as you know, the containers smell like mint. They don't smell like gross vitamin-y smell. They smell awesome. I love that Ritual has left out mysterious additives, synthetic fillers, and shady extras that can be found in some traditional multivitamins. They're designed to be gentle on an empty stomach, which really matters. Their delayed release No Nausea Design Capsule is made to be gentle on an empty stomach. And that mint essence tab in every bottle makes taking your vitamins a minty fresh experience. You guys know this is how I'm like. I bet you're like this too. I am an obsessive label reader and Ritual uses vegan certified, non-GMO, gluten-free and allergen-free ingredients and their sources. And they are out there for the whole world to see because they believe you deserve to know what you're putting in your body and why. Daily changes can lead to big results. So start small today. And Ritual is offering my friends 10% off your first three months. That's huge. So try it out. Satisfaction guaranteed. Go to ritual.com slash that sounds fun to start your ritual today. That's 10% off during your first three months at ritual.com slash that sounds fun. And the show is also brought to you by our friends at Abide. If the first thing you do when you wake up is look at your phone, then try this. Instead of checking social media, open the Abide app and start your day in the spirit and the peace of Christ. Abide is the number one Christian meditation app. Abide users report less stress, lower levels of anxiety and depression, and better sleep. You start your day with Abide's daily meditation based on biblical scripture. These audio meditations will center you and draw you closer to Christ. For a limited time, my friends get 25% off a premium subscription when you visit abide.co slash sounds fun. Their meditations start at about two minutes. They're easy to fit into your schedule and feature topics like overcoming anxiety, managing stress, addiction, recovery, finding forgiveness, and more. And at the end of the day, find deep rest with Abide's bedtime stories. Based on the Bible, they're great for kids and adults alike. So join the millions of people using Abide, including Grammy Award-winning singers, church leaders, and Christians just like you. So get started now with 25% off a premium subscription by downloading the Abide app at abide.co slash sounds fun. You'll get additional stories and meditations, premium music, soothing sounds, and more. Support this show and get 25% off by going to abide.co. That's abide.co slash sounds fun. That's A-B-I-D-E dot C-O slash sounds fun to download the Abide app and get 25% off your premium subscription. Now back to the show. Talk about your summer camp, shall do. We have a little summer camp for the kids that are involved. It's called Hope Town, yeah. and it is on Kentucky Lake, and it's a blast. I'm the director of the camp, so I get to go live at this lake for the summer. Which is it the whole summer? Does it go? It. How many we, weeks? It's seven weeks, but it's oh different. Gosh, it's not that kids are there for seven weeks. We take each age group for a week. Yeah, and it's really small. It's like thirty kids. It's primarily the kids that are in counseling there, but it's it's a blast. And and we have, I mean, it's amazing the things that kids will talk about sitting on a boat rather than in my office, you know, eyeball to eyeball that feels really threatening. It feels more disarming to be doing something like that, which I think is a great parenting thought too, that I think anytime you can try and have deeper conversations with kids around an activity or around a task. Sissy, that's what what I'm told to do with single men. (laughs) 
I said, if you want to have a good conversation, go on a walk or That's go on so a drive true. or yes. go and do shoot hoops. Sit, yeah, <laughs> sitting across a table yeah. and asking for a serious conversation yes. is a lot more challenging yes. than hey, let's go walk at Radnor yeah. or let's go eat a donut or let's go do something. Mm-hmm. And while we're going, let's talk. Let's I mean, talk. men seem to respond better. I do too, actually. Yeah. I'm a better Annie when I'm walking and talking than yeah. when someone says, "Let's get coffee and like." Talk about our hearts. Yes. I'm like, zero percent. <laughs> that is not interesting zero to me. <laughs> that is not. So if it, so for our parents listening, it, anybody, if you can get people out and moving, yes. do something different, Kids do something so fun. Kids are much more likely to talk. They're yeah. going to talk. Yeah. Yes. It is interesting when I, I went to the Preds game last night and I had invited a friend to go, couldn't go. And so then I was like, do I take Ben Barnes? Like, do I take a seven-year-old, an eight-year-old? And it, I was like, that would be so fun. That's and he will so tell me fun. so much yes. when we're sitting, sitting at, at a Preds, Preds game. game. Yes. Um, but it was too late for a school night. But it was in my heart Aww. because I thought, man, yeah. a, we will, I will learn so much if we play. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Play. Yeah. Yes. Melissa has this great quote that's to the degree that kids can predict you, they'll dismiss you. Okay. Isn't that good? With uh-huh. teenagers, if especially. If they know what you're about to do. Yes. Yeah. Or you're sitting saying, how was your day? Fine. What'd you do at school? Yeah. Nothing. You know, rather than doing things around a task where you're being unpredictable yeah. and, and that there's a sense of play. My grandparents yeah. always, my grandfather always said, what'd you learn at school today? And I was always like, uh, nothing. <laughs> it's the worst question. <laughs> Everything. I don't know. I hated right, it. You know, right. I was with my friends and I recently read that, a, that something that Jewish parents traditionally ask their kids is, did you ask any good questions today? So that's a new thing I say to all my many BFFs. I'm like, what'd you ask today? Tell me one of the questions you asked today. And it just leads to, it's so, isn't that fun? It's a great, it wasn't mine. I stole it from an entire community, but. Yes. That makes so like much it. sense. Yeah, and it's fine. encouraging such great things in kids, like interest in other people and reciprocity and empathy yeah. and so many good things. And way less predictable. Yes, yeah. and way less predictable. If they know, if your kids know that every time y'all eat spaghetti, something sad's going on, <laughs> you got to quit making spaghetti. <laughs> right? Right. That's right. so true. Okay, so people who are raising teenagers, how Hang do you know? There. I mean. Hang in there. Hey, remember you used to be one. And that it's harder than ever before. It's harder than ever. I think that's a great question for teenagers today. So I keep hearing that it's harder than it's ever been a teen been to be a teenager. I'm totally butchering that sentence. No, you're how, doing do you, that. how do you say it? It's harder today than ever before to be a teenager. Yeah. Tell me what that's like. Yeah. Because it was really different when I was growing up because they love any opportunity to tell you how ancient you are. And yeah. so to say, I just want to hear what's hard about it. What's it like? Tell me about what it's like to grow up with technology and social media alone. I can't even fathom. Anytime like that, I think when we're trying to engage with them with a lot of empathy and a lot of respect, I think that's kind of an, a great entry into the world of teenagers. Yeah, because how do you know if you're like 15-year-old football player is dealing with anxiety? Right. I don't know that he's telling you. Maybe he he is. So what can you look for? What do do we look for, especially in boys? I feel like girls are going to cry. Yes. Historically, of course, there are people who are like, my daughter doesn't cry. She's like yelling back at the phone. I know. But (laughs) most girls, you know, they're going to cry or they're going to panic or you're going to experience it more. I mean, uh, outwardly, yes, historically yes. with young women than with young men. I, and I think anger is another indicator okay. for all of them. Because, okay. and, and probably boys of every age and maybe younger girls, like toddler age girls, when uh-huh. I sit with parents of them, they will say she's toddlers. so explosive. I don't see the toddlers because they really need to be doing play therapy, but I see their parents. Yeah. And, and so really, if we think about it, it's anybody who doesn't have words. 
uh-huh. emotionally, and maybe toddler age girls and, and teenage boys <laughs> right, have right. that in common. Or a Annie, lot. some days. Well, listen, <laughs> all of us. Yes. So I would say that if they're okay. really short tempered, and and I will always say to parents, if you're seeing that, if you're seeing them lose it a lot in terms of their anger, start to pay attention to what are the trends, what's going on around it. Is it every Sunday night because something's going on at school mm. that's triggering them? Is it before they go to some big social event? Is your child craving a lot more time alone before they go to a big birthday party or something like that, that may mean there's some anxiety that they're trying to prepare themselves for. Uh, Different things like that. And a lot of kids that don't talk about it too, I think often the kids who don't talk about it are more perfectionistic. And so they're the kids who end up with tummy aches and headaches and those kind of things. And also one of the other indicators always is kids who loop with questions. And I remember we had a teenage boy at camp one year and he was always like, tell me what we're doing next. What's the schedule? What will be, do we be doing when this is happening? Who will be there? You know, just so many questions. Yeah. And so that's kind of a tip off too. Yeah. That is for me in my own head. Endless when questions. I'm like, yeah. I've got to know if I have to know everything that's coming for the next six hours, I'm always like, Let, I will say to myself, tell me more about why you're anxious about this. That's great. Annie, tell me yes. more why, why you have to know. Why and do you I feel unsafe? I love that you know that because I think every parent needs to know that and needs to know that about their kids. What's yeah. kind of the indicator light that it's happening? Yes. And yeah, those kind of questions. One of the things I talk about in the book is we should never answer more than five questions to a kid. Okay. Because that means they've gone down an anxiety bunny trail and it's not helpful. Got it. Okay. And so to to help shift them and to say, is that you or is that the worry monster in yes, those moments? Because yes. I'm not answering him. Right. What do you want to say back? Right. And you don't mean five questions about like World War II. You mean like, no, where no. are we going? And yes. who's going to be there? Yes. And who's taking care of me tonight? What time are you going to be home? Wait, who, where are you going? Yeah. Yes. Yes. That kind of loop. Right. That kind of loop. Um, so I'm still thinking about that 15-year-old boy. Yeah, and I'm thinking, boy. man, they're... All these families, everyone has technology just about. Yes. Everyone's got a phone. And up until this point, they haven't known how to parent phones very well. Right. And how to parent kids with phones very well. So they want to start today. They want to start like, let's be a healthy family around technology. What's the first thing? What are they, how do they start? I would start with going back. And I, I always think it's great to apologize to kids and to okay. own up to your stuff. We have not had good limits around this. We haven't talked about this. Now, let me say, if they're 17, I think the conversation would be really different than if they're 13. Okay. So 15 is kind of middle of the road. But I think you could still say, we haven't done a great job protecting you and teaching what it looks like to use responsible technology use. And that's an important thing before you go off and you're on your own. And so we're going to go back and do some things a little bit differently. And here's a contract you're going to sign. I think it's great whenever a child gets any kind of gadget to come with a contract. These are the expectations. This is your usage allowance in the beginning. And these are the consequences if you don't go with the plan. And so that way they know it gives them more ownership from the beginning. And then two of them right now, which I feel like these change all the time, but two of my favorite programs are Teen Safe and Bark. Okay, we'll link to both of these. Bark monitors social media. Teen okay. Safe kind of does everything. I had a mom who said to me, I love Teen Safe because when my daughter's being really disrespectful, I can just go shut everything down. And she doesn't even know it. She doesn't have any yeah. choice, you yeah. know. But it helps you put bedtimes for kids, set time limits for your I different need teen family safe members. I F. Downs. Yeah. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. And Disney has a hub called Disney Circle that does the same thing, which is a great, it's actually hardware that you put in your home. Oh, cool. So I think something like that that helps you because... What happens with teenagers 
and I think maybe boys are more prone to this, is you'll end up in this power struggle over, I need your phone, it's bedtime, or it's we're all going to have dinner, yeah. give me your phone, and you'll get in this power struggle with them. And so any program that helps you just shut it down or have times where it turns them off, yeah. then you don't have to get in that debate. You have enough to debate besides yeah. just technology. Yeah. So those would be some big ones. And another big one I would say would be everybody needs a central plug-in station in your bedroom. Okay. That they don't need their phones. In, in their, their parents' bedroom. Yes. yes. Okay. Not in the kitchen. I have too many girls. Girls are sneakier. Oh. Who will sneak out and grab it from the hall or the kitchen at night and take All it back day, to their room. Every yes. day. I'd have been her. Yes, absolutely. There's and there are question. never good things that happen, Yeah. you know. In the middle of the night on yeah. cell phones. And right. so I would just say it's great for everybody to plug it in, parents yeah. included. When I went off to college, a friend's dad said, just remember nothing great happens after midnight. Yes. And I was like, oh, he doesn't know. And then I got to college. I was like, you know what? Nothing great happens after midnight. <laughs> He's right. We can still be out yes. and still have fun. It's not the highlight of the night after midnight. No. And that is way true on my phone, too. Yes. Real yeah. time, virtual time, yeah. both things. Yeah. Would you? I, I, as you're talking about the contracts, I'm thinking... Man, in a house where there's five people and five phones, maybe there's five contracts. Five contracts. Maybe each parent I would say has each one too. Gadget. Yeah, yeah, that's great. Just to kind of say like, yes. hey, because the thing I watch with some of my friends mm-hmm. is their kids say, "Mom, put your phone down." Mm-hmm. Dad, put your phone down. I want to. I'm doing this or doing that, and so I just wonder if there's a world where. Mom and dad have contracts too. Everybody, t- yes. And everybody takes technology service together. I mean, we yes. have families who go on technology free spring breaks. How yes. awesome is that? Because oh you're gosh. right. I love we it. are living in this. A- I've never had until the last two years kids in counseling talk about feeling like they're competing with technology for their parents' attention. Yeah. I remember a girl saying that her parents are divorced and she said, Whenever my brother and I go to our dad's house, he and my brother play Fortnite the whole time. Yeah. And I don't have anybody to talk to. Yeah. You know. And, and that dad's and that probably trying dad, to connect right. with his son. He's but he's doing the best he can. But he's losing process. his daughter. Yeah. God love him. Yeah. Luckily, they have you, sissy. Oh. <laughs> and so you, you fixed it. A lot it. of people you like me out it. there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, I just think, I mean, and even you. in my own life. Too. Thanks, friend. Even in my own life, I'm making some new rules for technology this year because I just am feeling it mm. different. I mean, yeah. I'm getting like, yeah, I'm, we're drawing some real good boundaries for me with technology. And I think, man, if I, if I had a husband and kids right now that we were working this through, we'd all be doing this. Yes. And and it is okay if we've all had phones for 30 years and we'd make new rules today. Today. Yeah. Absolutely. It is, it is not too late. So yeah. you said it's different when you're talking to a 17-year-old. How's that going to be different? Well, I think the train has left the station to a lot of degree. Okay. And if you okay. came back and put them on lockdown, I think they would say, you know what? You, I, I move out of here in yes, six months. Yes. Yeah. And I think if your child has had most freedoms and they're a responsible kid and they're making right. pretty good decisions, then I think it's a great conversation to have yeah, to say, hey, I missed some things. Let's talk about what do you feel like the concerning thing, you know, yeah. come at it from that direction. If they're not making great choices, I think you could start to use it more as leverage okay. and have it be the thing that you take when, okay. and then you give it back to them gradually, just like you would have in the beginning. Okay. Yeah. That seems very smart. Technology seems to be the thing that has gifted us the most and hurt us the most yes and it's a part of the anxiety epidemic too. yeesh yeah oh gosh it is for me yeah I mean I feel I took Twitter off my phone for the last two weeks and I feel better my brain is calmer and I'm a grown woman Mm. who feels more anxious the more I'm connected Mm. and this is also my job yes exactly and And your brain's finished developing yeah 
I, th- I hope. It I mean, is. Since it we can't be is. sure. You're like, Annie, I know the science. <laughs> it doesn't matter how you feel. This is the science. What got you into this? What makes you love talking to kids about their emotional health? Well, you know, as you said in the 80s, I mean, when I was growing up, I did not know anybody in counseling. The only child psychologist I had ever heard of was, how about this, Marlena from Days of Our Lives. Oh, of course. (laughs) (laughs) And that's what she was. Yes, she was. I think I wanted to be Marlena. Yeah. So, but I I was really involved with Young Life, which I still love. It's an amazing organization. And, um, and did a lot of things really relationally where I, I just had people who gave a lot to me and poured yeah. into me a lot. And somewhere along the way, I made the connection of it would be really cool to get to do that, something that's really relational with kids, giving the hope of Christ to kids yeah. in a way that's relational and get to dig deeper emotionally than I think sometimes other folks are able to do. Yeah. And and so it was literally like God just took me step by step by step of, yeah. I think, child psychology. I didn't even know the word counseling, I don't think, because nobody was talking about it. And so I majored in psychology and then I applied to three different grad schools, didn't get into two of them and got into Vanderbilt, which made no sense other than God's, well, bizarre that I didn't. So I think God was like, you're moving to Nashville. Where were you before? um, I'm from Little Rock, Arkansas. Arkansas. And then did an internship at Daystar 27 years ago. My gosh. And when I met with Melissa, who's my boss, I had tears in my eyes the whole time thinking, this is it. This is like good counseling psychology meets relational and hope and the gospel and all these things coming together. And then I got to take my dog. And so that's a win on every front, you know. Um, Do you go to counseling as well? Are you a client I was last spring, and uh-huh. then I told you as we came in, I lost my mom and yeah. um, this Christmas. And so haven't been back in yet. I probably should, but I just feel like I'm just crying so much at home. I don't yeah. need to do it in somebody's office yet, but yeah. but I'm sure I'll get back in it. But I get, am in and out a lot yeah. in spiritual direction. I've started doing the, that in the last couple of years. And yeah, I people have it. asked me the definition of spiritual direction, and I'd say, my friend Heather could tell you. Heather Fleener could tell you, yes, but I don't know. I don't know. Yes. Heather Fleener is amazing. I I don't know the definition either. What my experience was, it was someone that I really trust and love, and she basically helped me connect with Jesus in this yeah. way where it's it's a session a lot like a counseling session, but it's just very spiritually focused. And so it would be a lot of she would just give me kind of time and space to pray and Mm -hmm. read a scripture to me for me to pray over and then say things like, tell me what Jesus is saying to you in that moment after we had had this time. And so it's kind of like, I don't know, walking with you as you walk alongside Jesus and experience him in a different way. Yeah. It feels like mentorship is kind of like life advice Mm -hmm. or life guidance and counseling is emotional guidance and maybe spiritual direction is spiritual health guidance. I love that. Yes. That's a great, there you go. You made a definition. I'm listening to you and I'm thinking it as we're going. I'm like, well, it's not mentorship because my mentor tells me how to like do my life. Yes. And we talk about Jesus and we talk about my emotions. Right. And my counselor tells me how to handle my emotions, but we talk about my life and we talk about about Jesus. Jesus. Sure. Yes. But having a spiritual director is this third wing that can help you kind Purely of Jesus. Yeah. 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 That's more of that. Yeah. I just know all, I don't know another counselor as well that isn't in a relationship with a counselor. Yes, like, absolutely. That doesn't. Yes. Y'all have to. I have probably four people that I just pick up the phone. Yeah. I'm like, yeah, yeah. I, I want to go see this counselor for yeah, this season right. of life that's and this right. counselor. Yeah. That's right. But I trust a lot. How yes. long should you stay with the counselor? 
That's such a good question. I don't, My I mean, dad loves when people say that. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. He loves when people say that. <laughs> <laughs> it is a good question. And I, I don't know that I know the answer. I mean, I think, I feel like there are, in my experience, there are counselors who seem to hone in on different types of things. And so there are times when, and also there's different styles in counseling, which I think has so much to do with who we are. I have one counselor who I love her. I mean, I literally, I was a really good kid growing uh-huh. up. And I always say I didn't know I was a sinner till I met her. Yeah. <laughs> because I was like, it would leave just face down like, wow. Mm-hmm. And I love her for that. And I, there are times in my life where I want someone to really speak directly yeah. to what I need to hear yeah. and call me on my sin. Yeah. And, and then, help, you know, obviously experience grace too. And then I have somebody that I saw for a long time who is so grace oriented and gentle and kind yeah. and there are seasons that I want to see her. Yeah. And so it just feels like kind of where you are and what you feel like you need is yeah. important. Yeah. Do men need to see male counselors and women need to see male ca- female counselors? Do children, do girls need to see female counselors? Do boys need to see male counselors? I think for adults, I don't think it matters okay. as much. My l- most recent counselor <laughs> was out of town because I have counseled so many counselors' children in Nashville that it gets trickier who I can go see. That's right. So it was neat. I did it on the phone, and it was amazing, and I loved it. I've never been counseled by me, and I absolutely loved it. So it felt like what I needed for that season. So I don't don't think that's true for adults. Now, for younger kids, I think if in your town the best counselor or the only really good counselor is the opposite gender, I think that's fine. Yeah. But I would not— Likely, unless I was, there was a 14 year old boy. I've seen a few who have lost their moms, or there's been something relationally where they really need a woman who can speak into their laps. In those seasons, I think it's been great, but they're going to end up talking about a lot of things, a 14 year old boy that they're not going to want to talk to me about. Yeah. And I think there are some girls of different ages that would feel uncomfortable talking to a man about different things. So I think if you can, it can be great to have the same gender, but I don't think it's necessary. And and I will often refer to a male psychiatrist for a little girl that I'm seeing okay. because same thing. He feels He's like the best, the best fit or yeah. yes, whatever situation. Okay. And, and I don't think that one is as important because okay. they're not doing, they're not going to be talking about those yeah. things as much. I think about, I was mentoring and kind of a big sister to college students for a while here in town. It was a group mm-hmm. of girls and a group of guys separately. Yeah. And with the guys, there were a lot of things we could talk about, but there were certain things where I'd be like, like I can't. I've never been twenty-one <laughs> year old person. guy. Yes. I can't answer that. No, no. I can tell. I can answer anything relationally because I've been the girl version of what you're experiencing. But yeah, you need to call somebody else. Right. You got to call your dad. Yes. You got to. I can't. Yeah. So there's just a limit sometimes exactly. with what you don't know. Yeah. I have a funny question. You don't have to okay. answer it. I keep mm-hmm. thinking one of the best ways. You you are such a gift to so many people. Mm-hmm. What has this job cost you? I. I mean, on a surface level, I've become profoundly more introverted. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I just, there are a lot of days I just need to go home and not you hang out with anyone. To. I just don't yeah. have the words or the emotional. Yeah. So that would be one thing. I don't, I don't know. Long term, other than that, I would say there's so many benefits. I mean, totally. you know, just, I just Overwhelming love me, but yes, yes. what I get to do. And feel very called to it. Right now, I would say, as I'm grieving, I yeah. mean, I, I think anything requires more energy. Yeah. And spe- I mean, I, there right now, it feels like all I can do pretty much is counsel or come yeah. hang out with you. Yeah, yeah um, thank you. You know, I just, it, it, 
it is hard work emotionally. And maybe, you know, I do think there are times that I don't feel like I'm as engaged with friends as I want to be in deeper places. I sure try, but I think I miss things sometimes because the heaviness that I walk in in the midst of the days is hard. I think it's important for all of us in our lives to go, here are the 100 ways this is the greatest thing that's ever happened. And here are the three that it's cost me. And that's okay. I think it's okay. I just think people need to hear that the people who do the work that matters the most to them, Mm. it is not free for those Mm -hmm. people. So all of our friends who are massive Daystar fans, a hundred days out of 101, you, you are thrilled to be there and it's the best thing in one day. Yeah. It's been really harder. Yeah, so absolutely. And I love that you're doing that too, because I think all the things, I mean, we haven't talked about this so much, but I think part of what's going on with kids and anxiety right now is that they, I think we're all presenting this thing like our lives are perfect. I mean, even (laughs) best day ever, living our best life, all that stuff. And so I love that you are out here. And I, Annie, I hear people of all ages talk about this podcast. I mean, I have high school girls that are talking. And so the fact that you're saying it's both things, it's mixed. I think sometimes we're losing kids spiritually as Christians because we're not saying everything's mixed. Yeah. This side of heaven. You're saying, yeah, because I mean, listen, if there's one thing I'm going to shout from the rooftops is it is hard to understand God. Yes. (laughs) It does not all make sense. No. It does not all make sense. Yeah. So, yes, I, and it is hard. And so could we all just tell the truth about, yes. and you do, you do it so beautifully, but going like, man, I am so grateful for what I get to do. Also, my job has cost me too. Yeah. Yeah. And so that is, but that is good and part of the story. Mm. I would love to talk to you more about what brand, what like new parents can be doing to raise up healthy, emotional kids. But can we do that mm. for YouTube? Let's say yes. that because we're running long time yeah, and we'll have a little YouTube so clip okay. that we'll do. And so everybody can go to YouTube and see okay. for, if you want to like, the t- a couple of things we can start doing now is we're building homes because yes. so many of I our friends listening idea. are having infants. Yeah, so parents, let's yeah. start there. Okay. Is there anything we didn't talk about you want to talk about, Sissy? No. You You're sure? just awesome. It's You're so awesome, man. I feel like I'm you. sitting with royalty the way oh, Nashville gosh, talks Annie. about you. No. They need to give you a key to the city no, one of these days. that is so kind. Um, I'll make that phone call. I don't know to who, <laughs> but I'll get Jenna. Jenna, make that call to the <laughs> government. Sissy, last question I always ask. Because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what you do for fun. My most fun thing right now. So I was an only child till I was 16. And then I had a little sister who is now in her early 30s. And she had her first child. Yes. And he's 15 months old. And hanging out with him is my favorite thing. We had a Valentine's date. We actually had a sleepover this past weekend. But we had a lunch date. And he had a bow tie and a little red tip sweater. (laughs) He's so cute. He has his blonde curly hair. We're calling me Diddy right okay. now. It might change. You know, who knows? Yeah. But I would say that is my favorite. Yeah. Right Will now. you talk That's a little fun. bit about the shower people threw for you oh, as a single so woman sweet. without children, yes, but yes. your sister was having a baby? Yeah. So I, that is, has been a harder part of my story is mm-hmm. not being married, not having kids. And, but so, you know, as we said, everything's mixed and I feel like God has used me in ways I don't think he could have yeah. had that been my story. Do and, you still want to get married? I would love to. Okay. Yeah. I what are you looking for? Because we love setting people up here. <laughs> really? Yeah. Wow. Gosh. That's... And then I'll, and then you'll tell about the shower. But yes. tell us what you're looking for. I, I mean, you know, this is, well, I shouldn't say that out loud. Part, part of the challenge, I think, over the years has, I think the biggest things I'm looking for is someone who has a lot of depth and a lot of strength at the same time, which is a hard combo to find. Well, not, and not when you're, when you want to date a 25 year old, it is, but we don't want right. to date 25 year olds anyway. Sorry. That would unless, be concerning. Unless, no, not me. I mean, call no, us, but that no. feels very young to me. <laughs> really but yeah, concerning. I mean, I don't think that's hard sure. when we're looking for men in our yeah, age. Yeah, totally. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. 
So I forgot. Depth, you got me all flustered. And- now. <laughs> I mean, do you want a guy in Nashville? Does it matter? I w- I w- it would be hard. F- I don't think I could move. Okay. Um, yeah, we're not going to yeah. let you leave. The, yeah. the well, entire I city leave would Henry, on, on lockdown no, if you tried no, to move no. somewhere else. Yeah. It would be like the Pied Piper. Every child would follow you no. like a mouse. Okay. Do you do you care what he, if he already has kids? I just can't believe you're asking me all these questions. I, I love this. No, <laughs> not at all. My face, yeah. Is my face so red? I mean, that is so funny. No, I don't think I would. Okay. So he yeah. can be divorced, widowed, never married, yeah, any of absolutely. the things. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, do you care what race he is? Because when we have on, like my friend Anthony O'Neill is uh-huh. a black man and he yes. pref- would prefer to marry a black woman. So we're uh-huh. setting him up with black women. That is amazing. Um, so do you prefer, I mean, <laughs> do you have a preference about any of that? Age so. or no. what he does well, for his age? Age yeah. up, of, I mean, up of what? Oh, Oh, 40 up, Amy, 30 I, up? I was seeing more younger. I don't. I dated okay. someone seven years younger, which was about okay. as, as low as Great. I could go, probably. Okay. But no, I don't know. Are you I doing mean, online I dating? I think I could do a 70-year-old. No, because of what I do, it just is a little... I, I came across the dad of a child I was counseling once when I, I tried to do eHarmony. Yeah. Back, and I, I just... That okay, was but you know what you do when weird. that happens? You just say no. And then you go to the next one, sissy. They're yeah, not all going to be dads of the kids that you. Yeah, we need to get Annie, you on you're, some things. You're cooler than I am. The I, other thing is, I zero percent am I cooler than you. That <laughs> well, is not true. Yes, but I tried to do match at one point. I mean, I never talk about this with people. I cannot believe we're talking about this on here. But um, it takes so much time. It is. I, was, I mean, you, it actually has to be like a a, a hobby. It has to become an. Yeah. I didn't have the emotional. After I counseled all day, I don't yeah, want to come through and right. scroll through that's all these right. people. So. Um, so I'm probably more of like a setup kind of person. Okay, everybody, we hear you. Okay. So we're looking for like, I do need an age bracket because you do need to help people with that. Okay. So I turned 50 this spring. Okay. Which I can't even believe. So anybody um, in their forties? Well, upper forties. Yeah. Yeah. Upper forties or fifties, maybe. Okay. Early sixties. Yeah, sure. Early sixties men, for starters, attractive. For seconds, usually still active. And yeah. still do fun things. And yeah, they've worked really hard true. for 30 years. That's true. They that's a good thing. That's, fun stuff. that's true. So <laughs> we're going to, okay. Yeah. 40s plus. We'll say like yeah. 45-ish plus. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Yeah. yeah. And people, I mean, you're adorable and beautiful that and so brilliant. So, so kind. I'm afraid of what's going to happen to you after oh this. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> They're going to show up in gr- droves. Up. This you is great. Dragging me I up. can't wait. They're so funny. Sissy, if you get married because you met someone through his podcast oh, in the near future. I can't even imagine what we would do. Okay. I just need y'all both to come on for Couples Month. That's all I'm that saying. That would be Is so Is that a guarantee? Fun. Will you, will you come guarantee. back on Couples Month? Yes, I would. Do you enjoy dating? Like, do you like um, going on dates? Yes, I do. Okay. If it, I mean, I had a friend in my early 30s, one of my dearest friends, who set me up, I think, with every single male that was a Christian that came in her orbit. I sure. did not enjoy that. No. Because, again, Be, yeah. I, my job, emotional energy yeah. is what yeah. it cost me. Yeah. And so to go sit with someone that I have nothing in common with and that. Except Jesus, which he's yeah, great, but right. n- no. can't be the whole no, thing. No, 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 no. Yeah. And so I sound like my 15 month old nephew. No, 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 no. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I think it has to feel like a pretty good fit. And and I will say, I don't know how you would talk about this, but I think as a single person, I have gone through stages where it's harder 
than others. Yes. And and seasons where it's harder not to be married and seasons where it's harder not to have kids. And it yeah. kind of alternates. Yeah. And then I go through seasons where I really feel okay. And I right. feel I feel really okay right now. That means he's, um, he's got to show up right now. This is the right time <laughs> when you're satisfied in your life. Yeah. It's a great well, time. It doesn't mean, I, I used to hate in youth group where they said, when you're content is when God will right. be. And I was oh, like, no, Did you listen. read that thing? There was that thing that went all over the world it, on God's plan yes. for your mate or something. Yes. And it basically said that when you reach contentment, God will bring your person. I was Hello. like, so when, I'm hung, when I stop being hungry is when I get fed? That's not how science works, zero no, percent. No. Or how God works, that he's no. that predictable. Like I don't believe said. in any of that, but yes. I do believe that there's something really attractive about us being fully living the lives we have right in front of us yes. to other people. Yes, The men absolutely. I am most attracted to are going after what God's called them to, and I'm yeah. trying to slip in. Yeah, That's the story. I'm statement. trying to slip into that. a life that I think is looks really exciting and really purposeful. Yeah. And so I don't want him waiting around any more than he wants me waiting around. That's awesome. Okay, sissy. You are so Let's fun. get you a dude. Oh my goodness. Let's go. Okay. Come on, Bill. <laughs> Come on, Joe, wherever you are. <laughs> I feel like a lot of guys in their 50s are named Bill. So we're just going to hope for a Bill. Uh, the whole reason we started this is tell us about the shower your friends threw. Oh, oh, thank you. Woo, you got me off track. Um, yes, it was so dear. I, um, It was some women in Bible study with me, and I had to have a hysterectomy. I had a lot of issues in my 40s, like chronic pain for years, yeah. and ended up having a hysterectomy. And, and I think at that point really grieved not being able to have my own children and had to let go of it. It was just one of the most painful things I've been through. And yeah. and so these were friends in my Bible study yeah. and the girls on staff at Daystar who had walked me through that season and had just sat with me in a yeah. lot of that heartache. And so they had the idea when I had this nephew, I mean, cry, but they had the idea to throw me a baby shower. Yeah. And so it was like totally Winnie the Pooh themed who yeah. I love. And um, it just was beautiful. They all yeah. brought books and toys because I, I have a crib in my yeah. house for Henry and a little nursery set up because my intention is to have a whole lot of sleepovers over yeah. his life. And um, yeah, it just was one of the dearest things yeah. I ever can imagine friends doing for anybody. I thought the same thing when Heather precious. was like, I'm going to a baby shower for Sissy Golf. Uh, and I was like, huh? <laughs> I was like, tell me more. Tell me more. Yeah. And, and when she told yes. me that, I thought, man, what a what a very generous thing oh, for your friends oh, to see you that precious. clearly. Yes, yeah, exactly. That's so beautiful. Yes. I hope we can all see our friends as well as your friends yeah. saw you that day yeah, and continue to. Too. And we're going to find you a dude, Thanks, sis. Annie. Let's Aww. go. Okay. Annie, you're great. Is there anything else we can say? Anything else you need to You just anything? are dear. Well, you're Thank kind. You. No. Oh, friends, don't you just love her? She's just brilliant. I think Sissy Goff is one of the best brains we have on our team right now. So I hope you will grab a copy of her book, Raising Worry-Free Girls, and the guide, Braver, Stronger, Smarter, A Girl's Guide to Overcoming Worry and Anxiety. Both are such, such helpful resources. Another book I would recommend is by a counselor named Candace Couch. It's called Choosing to Train, Parenting Through Tough Times with Insight and Simplicity. I'm all about handing y'all as many good resources as we can think up. And I think Sissy's stuff and Candace's stuff is just brilliant. So, hey, make sure you give Sissy a follow all over the internet. Tell her thanks so much for joining us and being a part of the show. And if you know the dude that wants to date Sissy, we're all about setting people up here. You guys know it. You know how I feel about it. Let's help people find love. So you can send him her way as well. <laughs> if you need anything else from me, I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That is how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. 
go out and do something that sounds fun to you. And I'll do the same. And we will see you back here on Thursday.